0: Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode, whenever you're ready. All right, three, two, one. Hello, listeners.
1: This is an insert, actually. Um, Literally, right after we recorded... I hop onto Twitter and I see that the co- I see a Jeff Merrick retweet that says this is a whopper and think oh no, uh, the Arizona Coyotes have been punished officially for um, illegally let me find this um, a violation of the league's combined testing policy. Now this has been a story throughout the year and we finally have the NHL's decision on this. And lads, I'll just quickly read some of this uh, little thing by uh, from Gary Batman. The National Hockey League has sanctioned the Arizona Coyotes for violating the league's combined testing policy during the nineteen twenty sorry the 2019-2020 season. Directly for uh, sorry, directing for the forfeiture. I they had to forfeit stuff. I know, I'm sorry. The club's second round ra- I swear the rest of the episode is better than this, listeners. The club's second round pick in 2020. And the, fr- the club's first round pick in 2021, of course, that's probably because their 2020 pick belongs to New Jersey Devils as a result of the Taylor Hall trade. The sanctions were announced by Commissioner Gary Bettman, who convened a hearing on the matter August 6th that included testimony from representatives of the Coyotes and the NHL. At the onset of the hearing, the club acknowledged that it had violated the policy by conducting physical testing on 2020 draft-eligible players, Prior to the Combine, in reaching his decision, Commissioner Bevin outlined key reasons for the policies and everything. I'll just go to this very quickly. Imposed under Article 6.3 of the NHL Constitution, which authorizes the commissioner to impose discipline, if he determines that any person has violated the Constitution, the bylaws, whatever, 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 whatever. A key point here. Why the Combine Testing Policy um, Memoranda? Sure references a fight of no less than $250,000 per each violation of the policy, I exercise my discretion to impose the aforementioned discipline, which I consider to be more appropriate given the circumstances of this case, said the commissioner. And there will be no individual punishment given to anyone involved, so like Cheka, um, any anyone involved. So if I'm reading this right, not only are the Coyotes losing their second rounder this year, their first rounder next year, but for each case, they are being docked a quarter of a million dollars.
0: Yeah, it's My just uh, it doesn't say. I'm surprised it doesn't say that. So I, I'd be very curious to know how much that is.
1: I, I, how, I, I have I have I have no idea. This is massive.
2: This massive. is huge. When this is bigger. This is bigger than uh, when Lula Morello was. Um, got it. got it. He got that fine. Remember, like he was given the thirtieth overall pick, two thousand thirteen. though the Devils are horrible because mm-hmm. of, he tried to give Ilya Kovalchuk seventeen years.
1: This is true. This is
2: true. Um, I think this is a lot worse because they flat out just lose everything. They might, you know, they might appeal this the same way the Devils did. I don't think they will. But I don't think they will. And okay, first thing I think in my head, I think in my head is we just talked about it. But was this really worth Barrett hated? <laughs>
3: Mm.
0: I, or, or, I, I'm so confused Is it? I thought when did they do what was the testing for because it says here the National Hockey League has sanctioned the Coyotes for violating the NHL's combine testing policy during the 1920 season so did they not do I, I'm confused because at first it felt like they were doing it yeah. in past seasons but based on the, the punishment they were strictly giving it yeah for this season. So any twenty twenty draft eligible player. So yeah, that's it.
3: They're saying like
2: I think I they said here that like this is what the cases are looking at, but they're gonna look more into um if they've been doing this the last few years as well under John Chaika.
0: This right. is it's so odd that no one was disciplined. Like specifically that that's well there's two things that are I think, uh, like, I'd like to know what the penalty is. Like, what's the what's the money here?
1: Uh, maybe, maybe that's it. This is the Coyotes. I mean, I, I, it's a new. Uh, I would. This must suck for the new owner. Oh, they just got new owners. Yeah. And they're being handed this now. The Coyotes were spending well over the cap, so I don't think this isn't the Yotes who had no money before. But this is still depending on how much they've been scouting. Let's
0: see. I'll tell you how much they spend. I understand over the cap, but in actual cash. Like, Ottawa has, has spends less than what their cap hit says. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying.
1: Oh wow. So, the Coyotes are now down to first and second this year. And if Taylor Hall re-signs, they'll be down to first and the second next year as well. I guess there's a condition on the second rounder. That's from Dmitry Filipovich. What a mess! If
0: Tyler if Taylor Hall resigns, or the Coyotes win a playoff round, which they didn't, so it's if he resigns, the twenty twenty one third upgrades to a twenty twenty one second round pick.
1: So I'm guessing the round robin doesn't count as a round, then.
0: No. Oh,
1: yeah, no. Oh no, so, Arizona. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they it spent is- seventy two million in actual salary this year.
2: Did we Am just oh man, we just talked about this team saying things can't get worse. No,
0: things can most definitely Yeah, get they're worse.
1: gonna get worse. <laughs> Sir Alex, how much did you say they were paying so real money? Their,
0: their projected cap hit is 85 million, but their mm-hmm. estimated salary expenditure is 72.8 million.
1: Okay. So not oh man, that is um this is can you tell we just did a podcast that we were a
2: bit we we're a bit gassed here but the shovel. We're, we're just shocked.
1: Yeah, um cuz the Yotes I believe won't pick now to like the fourth round in this year's draft looking at their picks.
2: Oh, yeah, um, have- yeah, yeah. Yeah, because
1: they're going to be draft like taking away that second rounder. Yeah, they only have a fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh now.
0: Oof. Uh. Hey,
1: Oliver Eckman Larson who may want to leave. Yeah, I mean, hey, you want to get those picks back? Just this- Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Um, Anything else we want to say on this, or do we want to get back to the real episode here?
2: Uh, Let's get back back to to the real episode. episode. More to come with this story, by the way.
1: More to come. And you're probably wondering, well, what are you guys going to talk about now? Everything. The Leafs did a thing. The Habs did something. We're looking at the playoffs, all that and more. Coming up next. Goodbye. We love you. The bells are ringing in Montreal. It's a sign that we have to start the show, lads. We are back.
0: Yep, we're, we're back. back. Still here.
1: Still, still here. We never left the Zoom call since last week. We've no, just we been haven't. Nothing. We've actually we just switched hats and, hats
0: and clothes. Future. We've been pretty. <laughs> <future>. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: My panda is still over
0: there. I have a question. <laughs> sure. It's twelve fifteen that we're recording this. Yes. And the bells are ringing.
3: Yeah.
0: So, is the clock broke? Is the uh, are the bells? broken uh with the clock because i know usually it rings on the hour so french we're time. just a bit late today french time. oh we're using we're using daniel time. daniel time yeah. yeah
1: daniel was late yeah, daniel. Hey, daniel, we're recording at 12 at 12 o'clock yeah guys i'll be back wash. <laughs>
2: it's a necessity guys sorry <laughs> you know when you gotta go you gotta go
1: it's like your parents say okay we're about to leave we're going with a theme park you need to pee now and then daniel's the kid like 20 minutes after they leave i gotta pee
2: you know, better than sorry, to... right?
0: Sometimes you got to pee. You I remember
2: pee? I had a friend, so this is already off topic, and we'd go on, like, road trips, and he doesn't even have to go to the washroom, but he just tries because he's like, you'll never know when he's driving.
1: Exactly. You don't go on road trips. What the hell?
2: We were supposed to. We were supposed to go to the draft, guys, Remember?
1: We were. We were. That was. Don't important. remind me. No, sorry.
0: I just next, I year, next, year, memory, next yes. year. Next year. Next year. Next year.
1: You better say like Montreal. Hey, you can get it back now.
0: I'm pretty sure they did. They did confirm that they're gonna. Go, they? I, I believe so. You might wanna. Uh, you know what? I'll double check. It's
1: try. not. You don't know. It's just what you've heard. To close Yeah, Douglas
0: it, Douglas. It's not. It's not for sure. I don't even. Know, but You know what it is. Okay. NHL draft 2021. Keep going, Adam.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah. It's. We're going to talk about the playoffs because that's the biggest thing going on. We will talk about Kasperi Kapanen being dealt. The Leafs did some stuff. We'll talk about the Habs. we they got some news. Phil Deneau is making headlines. Um, the League are looking at some stuff for next season. We're going to, you know, GM Florida talks. Um, we're going to talk about NHL 20. Ovechkin, cover star again. Logan Couture made a tweet that's got everyone wild riled up. Um, Daniel, let me ask you, first of all, while we're just confirming everything. How are
0: you? I'm good. That's good. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I
2: don't know. I'm just following. so.
0: So here it says right now there has not been a host city announced for any future drafts. So that could mean it returns <clears throat> to Montreal as soon as 2021.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, and that could be, and what the idea is that it might be combined with the expansion draft. So there's a chance that the expansion draft and the thing happen in Montreal. So we going. Be, we're going to both, boys. So we're going both. I would be very. Was okay it? But I, I thought the expansion draft was just a made-for-TV event. I don't remember being a it being a live thing. I don't know,
2: It's like a more fan service thing now. I don't know.
1: Well, they did. to see Flurry go to the Kraken? Yes, the I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, don't forget they also had the they had the expansion draft for Vegas during the awards show. So maybe you just make it a giant monster event extravaganza. We'll okay. see, though. Um. Alex, there was something you really wanted to open the show with. Uh, I
0: mean, I feel like we should most definitely talk about it. Uh, yes. Jacob, Jacob Blake in Kenosha. I believe that's in Wisconsin.
3: Mm-hmm. It
0: is. Uh, got shot seven times and is now pretty much paralyzed from the waist down. Just to be clear, shot by a police officer seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, have we not figured it out?
1: Um. Doesn't look like it. There are also. I guess we'll
0: it out. Sorry, before before you go, if you like, the excuses that or the the reasonings that people are coming out with, I have zero time for. I literally have zero time for, and I have a lot of time on my hands. I have plenty of time on my hands, but I have zero time for it because I don't think they're legitimate reasons.
1: The first thing that you see if you type in Jacob Blake is, "We'll need a miracle to walk again." There was also. During protests last night, this is from a CBC article, um, then two people were also killed during the protests um, and a possible connection to some vigilante group, but. Yeah,
0: course- and the, like, oh, how, like I, I'm so confused. You're so focused on the protests when there's people walking around with like, they're saying AR-15 type guns, mm-hmm. that, that's not concerning. That's not concerning. That there's people going out walking the streets. Like you can have a gun. Um, that's not that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The point I'm trying to make is the guys walking around the street shooting people with, with for what? Like you're that's not how this works. That's not how this works.
1: Mm hmm. Daniel
2: yeah it's a pretty upsetting thing that you know something like this kind of happens reading up on the story how you know he was a guy that you know he was nonviolent he tried to break up a fight um according to like a report, he was actually relieved when police showed up that you know they could take the matter out of his hands and then suddenly he's the one who becomes the victim
1: mm-hmm.
3: in
2: situation and it's so sad that like his kids were in the car when this happened to him
1: there is i mean. Yeah, you all know, started with Joyce Floyd. Um, then it became Brianna Taylor, and it still feels like nothing has changed. Um, and that's that's really the worst thing here is things continue to happen like this.
0: You, you know what the worst part is, though. You know, and, and for I and I think we sh- we can relate to this much more because we're in the industry. I'm I'm really tired of how the media is handling all this. I really am. Like, it's it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Like, figure it out. Like, on multiple occasions, they have not been covering they, – they have not covered this properly. There have literally been protests every day. Like, in different cities, there have been different protests since the George Floyd. And as soon as other things started, for a week, we didn't hear – like, I felt like I didn't hear anything – after the George Floyd protest, all I heard was about the the protest. I didn't hear, I heard nothing about coronavirus. Nothing. And and, oh, now now it's changed. Like you have 20, like a a place like CP24 has 24 hours a day news. You're rerunning the same thing every hour. Like, I don't know, figure it out. It's that simple.
1: The worst part of, them, sorry, to repeat be your thing there, Alex, is, is that the stuff in um like the protests in Minnesota never they never stopped. It's just oh. the cameras left. Um, That's
2: pretty and, like, much what Matt Dumba talked about when he came hmm. back to uh, Saint Paul. He uh, he did like a mini video of like he was showing the streets. He was showing like the area and like how it's still kind of like a war zone. The only thing is it's not the same like the extent of the coverage as you know we saw you know at the beginning and but it's still an ongoing thing that you know a lot of people are still kind of fighting for
1: and to bring it to sports um and again we do preface that sports is not important in the grand scheme things though this is a hockey centered podcast um the NHL hasn't done anything about this whole we skate together stuff anymore since Dumba left, I don't even think we've seen – of course, because of the later games and how they overlap with 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock starts, we don't see anthems. But I haven't seen – I don't think another player has kneeled yet. Um, I don't recall seeing if Tyler Sagan or Robin Leonard have done it again. I could be wrong. or even seen it. But there has never been anything more on Twitter about it. Um, I don't think I've ever, like, seen any sort of highlight on diversity group. I, it's just feel like there's been nothing – and that's, that is such an issue because if you stop talking about it, then, again, how do you have change? You, you don't, really. You, you don't. Um, do we yeah. want to talk about Logan Couture now? It yeah,
0: is just quickly. Crap. They dropped the ball. The NHL fully dropped the ball. And a lot mm-hmm. of people gave Kyrie Irving crap when he came out and complained about saying, you know, if we do this bubble, people are going to stop talking about it. People are because they're going to hop on – they're gonna follow the NBA. You can have Black Lives Matter on the court. You can have whatever name you want on the back. No one's talking about the names on the back. Every single player has something on the. Uh, the NBA has has somewhat restricted that of what they can have. What they can have on their back. Mm-hmm. But, sorry, like he at the end of the day. Kyrie Irving was right. And now the the NBA players are, are starting, like they've always been talking about it. And I think the NBA, the players, I don't know about the league. I, I don't know too much about what the entire league is doing. But the players themselves, I think, have done a, a pretty pretty good job.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are seeing some talks about protests or boycotting, sorry, yeah. um, with the Raptors and that. Story to keep an eye on. I think Nick Nurse came out and said we're going to support them, but um, going to Logan Couture, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, captain of the San Jose Sharks, um, teammate of Evander Kane, who has been really at the front of trying to make change here. Um, tweeted this out earlier. You know, I I had to go out because I was like I had some errands to do, and I remember when I was about to leave my place. I saw this tweet and went, "All right, going to put this away and let it breathe to see the reaction to it." So from Logan Couture on Twitter. Sorry if you can hear a siren Quote, I spent last night in Toronto, Ontario That's in Canada, by the way I talked about voting for the Republican Party And I mentioned Donald Trump by name I was sucker punched Is this really what we are coming to? If you vote, you are a villain Man, this world is so wrong And, um Okay, I'll just, I'll ask you guys um, Starting with you, Dan Mm -hmm. Your reaction to that tweet itself before we go to the reaction some people had to. it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. just kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. <laughs> like when, uh, you know, I mean, like Logan Couture hasn't really kind of tweeted too much about on this topic. And then the fact that, like, you know, he kind of stays in Toronto and he says something like that. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, he he's open to his own opinion, right? You know that's what voting's all about but the thing is for the time of where he kind of said it like i guess like the political climate like he didn't really kind of assess it in a way like you know he'd do it during the rnc yeah, read the and way. yeah like during the rnc and it just kind of like i don't it just i don't know we, we don't have enough information on it but just the way he kind of worded it, it just like it sounds like he just kind of brought it up and then like like what kind of reaction were you kind of expecting when you say something like that uh w-
1: Sure, go ahead, Alex,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, Well, we just, we, we me and you talked about a little bit before we we started the show. I'm in no way saying, I I don't think it's right that someone sucker punched him. And at the same time, I don't know if he understands, like, understands what what he said. And I don't, I I don't think those two have to be.
1: He hasn't said what he said, though.
0: No, the the because what the issue is is that he said, talking about voting that he would vote for the Republican Party, and then someone sucker punched him. That's and and, and I think it's not right that someone sucker punched him. Right? We're we I, I, I'm pretty clear that's not that's not right.
1: It depends on what he said.
0: But just okay, fine. I I I think it's a very like a line. I don't know how. I would consider crossing, even if he, I don't know, whatever. It's it's complicated, but I I don't think things have to be mu- like mutually exclusive that you can't you shouldn't sucker punch him, and that he doesn't understand what he said.
1: Yeah, in the context, of if if he just said if he made an argument for voting for a party, it was completely like. Just stating facts. It was common coon collector. It wasn't antagonizing you. Yeah, then you shouldn't punch someone just for political views. You shouldn't do that. No.
0: Right. So based on the information that we have, I don't know what he said. So based on the information I'm going off of right now, I don't think it was obviously right to punch him. And
2: to like replies, like his uh on the replies with things, he also doubled down saying his dad is a former police officer. I don't know how that kind of connected to the whole. Voting. He also
0: bra- bragged about not voting, which I still Yeah, remember. and
2: I'm like, so kind of like, I don't, I don't, like, the thing is, okay, like, yeah, open his opinion, but I just, I don't understand what the point of going on. And this is part where he's talking with Tara Sloane saying, last thing I'll do anything for Sportsnet.
1: That was because he, Tara Sloane liked a Leah Kessel reply to him. That was oh, okay. his statement about everything. Now, I think it was once well, everything with the George Boy came out. He did make a statement saying, like, my th- i played with, you know, teammates of all different color. Yeah. Terrible, liked that, and then he's like, what the hell? Tagged here and said the last thing I do in be for sports. So,
2: geez, that's so, uh, yeah. like, I don't know. That's, that's a bit nitpicky. I was like, I didn't even, like, I wouldn't even have known that if you told me.
1: It's like, what are you doing? I just want to know. Went through Logan Kachiria's head quarter to eight in the morning and just thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this out. And, like, the biggest, and I kind of said it with you there, Alex, is I want to know what specifically he said. Because it it feels like we're missing some context
0: here. We're absolutely missing context. Yeah.
1: And, like, he's purposely not put it out there. And, like, we had talked about apparently that his dad was a firefighter, but at the same time, like, uh, he could have been a firefighter because I know, like, depending on – so he he was, his dad was a firefighter, we saw, right? Yeah, he well, retired.
0: He, he retired in mm-hmm. um, October.
1: And of course, like when you try and become a cop, they also tell you to have like other stuff lined up. So he could have been a police officer before. We don't know that. But then when you start, it's again that political landscape. When you're talking about you name Trump, you bring up the Republican Party not voting, and then you also bring up police officer and everything going on right now. And then again, you don't actually give enough you don't actually Mm -hmm. see what you said directly it feels like he just tried and set up this tweet to be like to prove his own point it was really weird to me it just I have I just don't understand what was going through his mind tweeting that he's it's just it just feels like a politician just kind of saying I'm doing this for the people I hate the liberals or the conservatives and not actually saying anything about it
2: Yeah. Yeah, because normally players don't endorse anybody (laughs) In Canada, like I never really see it during election okay, time. In
1: Canada, I was about to say Tony D. No, and, and election time,
2: election time in Canada.
1: Yeah, and again, Tony angelo's
2: a different beast. Yeah,
1: it, there's nothing. <laughs> and, wrong Dustin wrong
2: with
1: I mean, and Dustin Penner. Yeah, Dustin Penner. There's nothing wrong with saying that you support this party or that party. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you just saying I would vote conservative, I would vote Republican, or or liberal, like whatever. It just it's so uh,
0: random to me. Like, it just. I, I think, yeah. Sorry, go. He
1: just took a random step here. I don't get. I that's it. I'm confused by that entire tweet.
0: Yeah, like uh, at the end, like of course he he doesn't need to tell us what he said, but when you put it out like that, everyone's gonna speculate. That's what the issue is here, right? It's the same. It, and like he doesn't necessarily have to tell us what he said. He actually didn't have to tell us that this thing happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So. But now you put that information out there And then everyone starts to speculate You can't complain that everyone's making poor speculations Because they're going off the information That you have put out on social media to the public
1: um, I guess what we should probably uh, I think Couture right now, by the way Should probably focus on training Considering how bad his own team is Instead of doing whatever he's doing right now Focus on yourself. And I, I looked... For a second, I thought Tony D'Angelo had tweeted something, but it was a parody account. And it goes from Tony Guido. I'm sure you guys have seen this one saying... "And yeah, this is not Tony D'Angelo. This is a parody yeah. account saying, I'd like to extend thoughts and prayers to my brother, Logan Couture. One time, I was too sh- was shot and killed by a liberal. I'm okay, but I died.'
0: I'm, I'm curious to see how... Is, how what happens... With his team, because we've seen an example of the like something not exactly this scenario in the past uh in football with drew brees uh mm-hmm. coming out and, and and questioning the situation that's going on uh, and it was specifically about the the kneeling and now he after the George floyd incident, I believe he doubled down but then a couple of his teammates, and I don't remember the teammate's name. I want to say it's Michael Thomas, but I, I, I could be wrong. I know it was, um, it was a person of color, one of his teammates, talked to him about it, and, and got it. And then Drew Brees kind of got, get, got a better understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. I wonder if the same thing happens here when it comes to Logan Couture. I don't know.
1: I, I think Evander Kane will have to will want to have a word of Logan chair because at the end of the day, that is it's so weird. I think is the way I would describe it. Anything else you guys want to say to put a bow on this part of the?
0: Show? Yeah, before we before we move on, I don't agree with everything this man says, but I I, I watched first take yesterday, um, just the start of it because I knew they would they would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen A. Smith had this, and he put it on Twitter and I, I'll, I'll put the link in the um, description for the for the podcast and in the YouTube, obviously. And it's, here's what I want white America to understand. And I think he does a really good job of explaining it. And and, and even back when the whole George Floyd incident uh, obviously went down, the, the George Floyd murder, I think he did a really good job at kind of walking people through what the issue is here. And he gives his own story and I think his own like his story to me was pretty surprising
1: Mm -hmm. um Daniel anything else you'd like to say
2: I'm just still confused to be honest Um, yeah that was a lot to uh when I read that on Twitter and just kind of looked through everything um I really hope that this story continues not for the entertainment aspect of it but just to understand what the heck was going on
1: Uh um and it just as a final thing, I think we like to say, it doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're brown, or anything. We're all people here, and everyone should be treated equally. Just
0: thank you. Don't yeah.
1: be a crappy person. All right. Yeah. People, don't be a crappy person. We're all people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love people. You love people. All right. I get along with two Leafs fans. All right.
2: Yeah, Leafs fans.
1: All right. So just
0: and a Ducks. Fan. I have the hat. I have the hat. I'm and a yeah, a
1: Ducks fan. Yeah, we mean Mike, <laughs> not Dana. Um, hey guys um, it's, a, it's a sharp turn But one we need to make regardless uh, Alexander Ovechkin For the second time in his career Will be at the front of an NHL video game On the cover, sorry NHL yeah. 21, OV yeah. He's there for the international release Because sometimes in Sweden and Finland They have different ones and even, yeah. You know, Sweden last year Even though he's, he's Calgarian, whatever Guys, <laughs> Ovechkin, he's at the front Alex, what do you think? He's good, he's handsome He's good oh,
0: yeah. I like yeah. it I like the choice they made I mean, it should have been David Aries, obviously, or Cody CC. Yeah. <laughs> to
2: keep it regional.
0: You know, McKinnon, yeah. One, yeah. No, I, I do like the Ovechkin um, cover. Mm-hmm. I think they added some pretty cool things to the game, just saying.
1: Hey, I like that trade. If, if that trade deadline stuff is the only stuff they're adding to franchise mode, I'll be a little disappointed. But yeah. It's better be than it be good though.
0: They're, they're like six years late on that one. FIFA's had it for a while.
1: GM connected, everyone yells. That, sort of like,
2: it was like, I don't know, like FIFA. Yeah, it just gets so much. Pre- I think this NHL would be a lot better. I like the colors, to be honest, on 20. I know that's a really random thing. <laughs> like, the, like the pink. I don't know why. <laughs> like it, it worked. Okay.
0: okay. It you worked go, with the youthfulness of you go, uh, Austin Matthews. Yeah. If you go look at um, the FIFA cover, the NHL cover, and the UFC cover, they all use the same color scheme. <laughs> It's by yeah. far the funniest thing ever because uh, that's never the case. Yeah. <laughs> the best part is how everyone thought it was Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah. Like, no, they're
1: not gonna put no, a jab blue jacket on the cover. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry. What
1: are you doing?
0: I apologize that Columbus is a small market. That's What's not him? happening. Was it um,
1: 2015 or 16 that it was Kane? Certes, it was supposed to be. It was Kane Tate and, Tate.
0: and Kane. Yeah, but, but Kane had it? that legal then issue. And he had his incident.
1: How in the hell was Carey Price not on the cover that year? He won the Lou Marsh. I'm, I have not, never gotten over the fact that he didn't get on that cover. Or that, that P.K. didn't get four, uh, 15 and Bergeron. I love Pat. I love Bergeron.
2: You know what's funny? 2014, Broder was on it and he played like 40 games that
1: season. It's terrible. Like I like Ovechkin. I was like, but McKinnon? What?
2: But it brings back memories, though. Like, Xayde played 08 when it came out. Yeah. Um. What? with the Young version, with the original I should have brought it I have it still um, it's like the original it
1: was yes nice.
3: the original
2: like I mean not original but like the early 2000s jersey had you know like mm-hmm. the same one we see with Jagger yeah. on it Um, yeah that game was so fun I remember uh, playing that and I was like wow the graphics can't get any better than this guys the all Leafs right. have Yuri Toluski in this. System. Oh my God! They're all gonna right. develop. Holy! All right, all right. And this young um, Carey Price and Christabel Huey as like the tandem in uh, Montreal. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Christabel Huey, that is a what a name. You backups ago. Yeah. Um, highlight of his career was when Price got pulled in that amazing 5 nothing comeback against the Rangers. That's one
2: know, He was the backup on the Chicago Blackhawks 2010 team.
0: Sure. Guys, can we, can we get the St. Louis Blues breaking news that we had before? Because I, oh, yeah. I, I have another yes. piece of breaking, breaking news.
1: news. Okay, well, before we do that sure. one, yeah. So it came out right before the show. Alex, let us know. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Good player for the St. Louis Blues, the Vladi Daddy, the Vladiator, is needs to get additional uh, surgery on his shoulder. He'll be reevaluated in five months after missing like the whole season from his original thirty-three. What else do you have for us? So this is here?
0: from Jim Thomas, Blues hockey writer for the Post Dispatch. Uh, I guess there is uh, Armstrong's doing a press conference right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Armstrong said twenty percent of the team's roster had COVID nineteen and it affected their conditioning and fitness level.
1: Yeah, because they want to they oh, yeah, yeah of them got it right that's yeah. what happens when you go to a bar in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I hope they're okay. Is that Bennington's excuse now? That he looked like a siphon?
0: You mean the fraud Sorry, <laughs> I said you mean the fraud. Oh no! I'm <laughs> bringing that up now. <laughs> I, I, I I don't think it's the hill I'm gonna die on, but anytime Mike's on the show, I'll bring it up because I know he'll get upset.
1: All right. He's not a
0: Jake Gallagher fan. No.
1: Let's let's not talk about. Okay, let's
0: move on. Yeah. That's my breaking news for now. Jake yeah. right.
1: um, We'll take a we'll take a very quick second here to acknowledge the retirement of Mike Green. Um, oh my God, the Oilers. <laughs> I know he didn't give up a ton, like a massive amount, but man, that trade.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. But
1: let's celebrate Mike Green. He's
2: pretty, I like Mike Green.
1: He had a great career, Mike Green. I'll get yeah. his hockey DB up quickly. I think I but, shared a
2: memory last few episodes ago about how I learned about Mike Green. And I remember it was it was a year he put up like 76 points. Hmm. Uh-huh. And I was like, this guy has to make the Olympic team, like, for 2010. You know, like, I think maybe I wasn't as as much as a, a numbers guy as I am now with, like, the defensive effort. Like, he really was, like, a fourth forward. But I really thought he should have made the 2010 team. And then when they came out with the team, I was, like, kind of shocked with who made it. But it ended up being, like, an amazing team. But I remember uh, he was, like, with the final cut with, like, enough when he was on the Leafs, uh by Green and then it was like is this 18 or 19 year old Drew Dowdy gonna make the team and then when Drew Dowdy made it I was shocked because I was too used to like 2002-2006 when like Wayne Gressley would pick like literally every like guy who was like older than 30 yeah what a, the, what a
1: funny the, thing. the 2010 yeah. team you got upset about the, the golden
2: goal 2010 team oh no I was upset I was upset like of like I don't know, like I wanted Mike Green to make it for some reason. I was like not even I'm not even a Capitals fan.
1: Well, five hundred and one points in eight hundred and eighty games. He did have that wicked seventy six point season you're talking about the year before that, thirty-one goals as a defenseman. And I'll tell you before I throw it over to you, Alex, to finish off Mike Green talk, I believe it's Mike Green who had certain brand of sticks that they stopped making. So he like put out a thing to fans asking. It's a classic Jeff Merrick story, them to send him the sticks he used, and he did.
0: It's yeah, awesome. yes, I, I, it might be, it, it might be him. I can't remember because I think there was another example of that recently too, and and I don't remember if it, it might have been a helmet or something like that. That's funny.
1: It, it is him, yes. And okay, so and Alex, your your thought of Mister Mike Green? He's yeah, got
0: I think I think you know. That I, I think a lot of people obviously should remember the time, uh, his time with Washington, obviously not with Detroit. <laughs> I, I think that's that's pretty simple. I, I I never really understood why the Detroit move was made. I think they also ma- they also signed Trevor Daly that summer. Yeah, that was like well, it just seemed spending. like they were really grasping at straws here, uh, trying to make trying to make some additions. I remember he was always linked to the Leafs because obviously they needed right Mm-hmm. defenseman. Uh, of course, I would have liked it, but listen, Mike Green's—he uh, wasn't part. Was he part of the um, cup win? No, right? No, he wasn't. No, he was already on
2: Detroit. He was part of the fun Capitals before they started going. You know, we need more defensive-minded coaches. So they got like Adam Oates, uh, Dale Hunter, and then uh, I guess Bray Trotz.
1: <laughs> ah, never heard of him.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: And Don't yeah, it was. Guy. And it was thanks to Russian Machine Never Breaks, because that's the, the famous Washington Capitals blog, that he ended up getting those sticks. So it, it was it was uh, Mike Green. I love that story. though um, so guys, I think we'll take some time now, and we will talk about probably the biggest piece of news. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they've started making their moves. I'm sure, Alex, you are especially excited about this. Yesterday... Um, to quote this little TSN article I've up, I have up here, the Leafs make their first big splash of the offseason, trading Kasperi Kapanen, Jesper Lindgren, and this is the big piece, Pontus Aberglatz. Remember him.
0: Huge piece. Huge piece right there.
1: Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for their first rounder in this year's draft. 15th, that is the pick before Montreal, fun fact. Forwards, Evan Rodriguez, who, as you know, was in Buffalo this year. Uh, requested a trade, got dealt to Pittsburgh, um, along with defenseman David Voracek and a piece that a lot of people are talking about, Philip Hollander. All right, Alex. First and foremost, your reaction to the trade itself from a Leafs perspective will start there.
0: I, I really think it's a really. I think it's a really good trade for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people are critical of it. Well. Certain factions of the fan base are critical of it, and I think we should acknowledge uh those people because they're a big bunch of babies but um it it's it's very it's a really good like trade i i can't the fact- like listen casper happening is a third liner on this team Just number one because he is on the right side, and Nylander and Marner are also on the right side number two. The only time he's succeeded or met ex- expectations when playing in the top six was the one time that Nylander held out. Every time he played with John Tavares, then he played with Austin Matthews again. He just did not look good. He simply did not look good. I like. All right. Oh, Daniel's gone. Okay. Let's uh, pause it because I'd like to hear his thoughts. We are in now.
1: Three, two, one. All right. Back. Technical difficulties. Alex, you were talking about Kapanen. Uh, he's unfortunately a third oh.
0: liner. Unfortunately, he's a third. He's a third liner on the Leafs. Now, there's questions of whether he can play with superstars. Like he's fast, right? Uh, I mean, his breakaways are extremely questionable. He throws sticks. Ah, Yeah. So, like, I think there's a lot of questionable things, and I think it's great that the Penguins want to try him with Crosby and or Malkin. Um, I I don't know how things are gonna work out. Like, you look at what's happened with guys like Chase on, with guys like Cassian, but those are obviously different guys in terms of how they play, and it just seemed to work out with uh, McDavid. Mm -hmm. is it is it is capping in the same type of player like i think his weakness is i feel like it's gonna hamstring him in playing with those guys Mm
3: -hmm.
0: but i'm not like never say never right so we'll Mm -hmm. see we'll kind of see what happens there i think the fact that you got 15th overall the penguins second or third best prospect that alone, I think, I think is a pretty damn good deal, um, in terms of getting something in return. Evan Rodriguez, I think, like we'll see what happens. I think it's a matter of is he can he like his he's arbitration eligible, and he obviously at the end of this at the end of this season does he resign for less? If not, I, I'd let the guy walk. And then David, what's his last name? David Rufsky. So you say that again, Worewski. 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 Like that guy? That's an AHL guy right there. Um, and in terms of what the Leafs gave up, Pontus Abberg, pretty much a fringe NHLer on this team, like was coming. He played a couple games when someone got injured, um, and Jesper Lindgren. From what I've read, uh, from a guy like Mike Stevens and watching the Steve Dangle uh, uh, prospect pyramids. Just it didn't seem like he was going to cut it out for the Leafs in the NHL, and I think that's going to be a similar thing um, with the Penguins. So overall, I think I'd give this a big fat A for Kyle Dubis.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Daniel, your thoughts for the Leafs in this deal?
0: Uh yeah, I think,
2: I don't know, like I, like I, I'm gonna like talk more about like the Pittsburgh side too, but just kind of what Pierre LeBrun said in the Athletic, it just mission accomplished that they got back into the first round of a deep draft that i don't know it just i feel like this is a still the steep price for caspery captain like we talked about what that fits kind of kind of be like i think on the toronto side they got what they wanted they recruited assets they got like you know interesting guys that may fit here and there we'll never know we'll we'll know like eventually but just the fact that they were able to get something of this value for a guy that i see as a surplus as much as i am a fan of Casper captain he was a surplus on this team he wasn't going to get higher on the lineup unless you know pending injury but even then he was still
0: he was still taken over you know what i mean yeah yeah
2: and when he goes to pittsburgh i think ray ferraro talked about an overdrive it was he doesn't he has that hesitation of like, how is he going to fit with things? You know, like we've talked about in the past, like who have you put with Crosby and Malkin, you know, not necessarily guys that you expect to kind of match, you know, when Phil Kessel went there, he didn't mention any of them and he has to play on that power third line. And yeah, I look back on so many of these teams where I think they were talking about with the exception of Marion Hossa, there's never been like a big acquisition guy that you actually play with Sidney Crosby. Like Joe McGinley didn't play with Sidney Crosby. James Neal, like he went back and forth. And you know, you look at guys like the past of Pascal Dupuis and Chris Kunitz making up your first line, and then you know you had Dominic Simon and Connor Sheary, you know, playing that playing with Crosby. So I, I've, the fan in me wants to see Capitan kind of fit in to put in that twenty thirty goals. You know, we never know. Like maybe his hockey IQ will match up with his speed now. But I realistically, I think that, you know, this was a huge risk for Pittsburgh, but it's a huge win for Toronto. And I think Cal Dubas had to come out with a win based on how the season went. Like he really needed to like yes. hit the ground running. And yeah. again, Jim Rutherford, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this trade, what what he was kind of doing. Like they made a joke where, you know, when that Gifford Milhouse throws the Frisbee to himself, and yeah. it's like Samuel Poulain, who's like the only pros- like notable prospect now on Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like this is him at training camp, and it just made me laugh. Oh, <laughs> getting God.
1: dealt for Domi, by the way. Um, uh. what I like about this trade, I-, I actually really like it for both teams. Is first off, the Leafs get that first round pick back in a roundabout way for the Marlowe deal. because um, you know Capin, even before the, the pandemic, it felt like he was going to get dealt this summer. Yeah, and I mean, I think of all the guys. And we'll talk about the James Myrtle, the teenage mutant ninja hurdle Myrtle that he is. Uh, there are a few more names out there for the so We'll talk about it in a second. But I think of a lot of those guys out there, Captain was going to get you the most value. Um, well, and there
0: was a bidding war for him, right? Yeah, I think he, I, I, I think these
1: teams were talking to him, but I don't like that's going to create interest. But again, that can just be. Calling up, hey, what up? This is what up. Of All right. Course. And,
2: I, like yeah. the price, like the base price, was like a first-round pick. It, yeah, it was, yeah. I
0: have, Their goal and was to get a first and a prospect in any deal, uh, regardless of the team. Apparently, they tried. They, I believe, they called the Hurricanes. Yeah. And tried to get their first-round pick back, but they weren't gonna. They didn't want to pay the price for that.
1: Um, and from the point of view of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know a lot of people are going to laugh at Jim Rutherford. And was it a lot to give up? Yes. But here's the thing that you have to like about Jim Rutherford. I often complain about my GM, the Habs uh, uh, GM, version of not doing stuff. Kevin day dayhoff in Winnipeg was getting crap for years about never making moves. Um, I'm sure at least fans, if there weren't going to be moves this summer, there was going to be uproar. Jim Rutherford makes moves because you know what? He recognizes the position his team is in and it's like I don't give a crap if in a few years this guy's in front of my team. I have to win with Crosby at 33 and I have to win with Malkin now. Chris LePay now. And he just keeps going to make the... And let, let's be honest, he has his top six guys. You have Gensel, you have Zucker, you got Malkin, you got Crosby. And if anyone's going to make Kapanen kind of fix his game and stop shooting at the damn chest, I think it's going to be Malkin and Crosby. Um, I know, and, and the guys in the Hockey Central are very, especially America making the comparison of Kapanen is just another sort of Carl Hagelin about the fast, no finish. But also what people don't forget about Kapanen is, and if he can turn this on, this is what's going to make him very special in the case of the Penguins. He's a bastard to play against. He's a bastard.
0: Yes. For 10 games with the Leafs this year. That's it. But he can do it. There's the pen. There's the potential there. So, but then he has to do it. That's the issue. Yeah. That's what the issue is. That's why he was traded. Like, it, like, congratulations, you did it in your rookie season when he played in the played against the Brookline. Capitals when yeah. he played with Brian Boyle when Kyle Clifford showed up. Then he he decided to wake up. That's that's what the issue was. Like. You saw it that the guys can do it. I've seen it before that guys can be a pain in the ass to play. But when you don't show it and you have to have someone behind you to do it, then you feel more comfortable. Just be that guy.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, just but play your game. What, what I'm saying, though, is is think of it like, like this. He's not just going to – he's going to have proven winners next to him to push him. And if he doesn't do it, if Captain doesn't play the game, that's his own fault. But I'm just saying, like for Pittsburgh, looking at them right now, I like the move. Again, a lot. Yeah, but at this point, the Penguin should be going to win, win, win no matter what. And yeah, again, I think Happen, if he plays the game, will do well. And yeah, very much like you're saying, Alex, he has to do that. Um, you, know
2: what, you know what scared me the first time I saw it on Twitter. I think they were like what? I think Steve Dangle talked about it's like with the fake accounts. I thought – because they said it was a first-round pick, and then I thought, like, it was a first-round pick plus Philip Hollander, and then I thought the condition was the Leafs would have to take on the contract of Jack Johnson for
1: this. Oh, could you imagine? There was that tweet that got taken down immediately.
0: Yeah, David Pagnata.
1: Man, that, that caused – that was a
0: – Yeah, thanks for the heart attack there, buddy.
1: That's like Thank before you. a tsunami that the waves start pulling back into the scene. You're like, oh, no.
0: Then yeah. like, they come back and you're like, oh, okay, just a big wave. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely, and I guess let's get into this now because I think it's an important thing to talk about because there's multiple critics of this trade who, at the end of the day, I, I don't take their opinion. Like, like I don't, I just don't take it because I don't care enough. Mm. Uh, the two guys who obviously stood out the most, were, the critics of this trade, were of course one Steve Simmons and two Damian Cox, who did, since the day Mark Hunter and Lou Lamorello left, have been big babies about this team. It's just mm. a fact. Like it's it's straight up a fact. Complaining about oh we can't rate we can't grade the trade until Dubis actually spends the cap. But when it was Lou Lamorello, that was never a freaking question. When you mm-hmm. dump. Uh, how much? Six point, six point eight, and what? Seven million dollars for Dion Phaneuf. That wasn't a question then. It was never. Oh, what does Lou Lamorello do with the cap space? It was oh, uh, congratulations. And then you sign Matt All Martin right, for two I'll and a half. I'm
1: captain front down. Like,
0: <laughs> well, no, no. I it's, there's I, I don't see why you're create why you're automatically going for the criticism. Look at the trade at the moment. Tell me what you think of the trade. I don't care what you think of the trade, what he does with the cap space. That's a separate issue. What do you think of the trade? Stop telling me what you think of the trade in uh, seven weeks when free agency hits. Mm -hmm. So... If you look at the trade individually, it is a very good trade for the Leafs. They got a prospect. They got the first round pick back, which you guys complained, not you two, you know who I'm talking to. You guys complained that, oh, they had to give up a first round pick for Patrick Marlowe, thanks to, again, another Lula Amarello contract that we all knew was going to be a pain in the ass to get rid of. Um, back in the first round, still complaining.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And... You got. You have to like. I know, Adam. You don't want to be make it part of the thing, but it's indirectly giving you three point two million dollars in cap space.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. My problem is, I hate saying you traded the cap. No, you traded cap, and, and you have the cap space. I hate saying you trade cap space. But yeah, you're right. That that is such a like the fact that the Beliefs have that space to work around is massive for them because of we know that the cap is not going to move for mm-hmm. three years, at least a significant amount. Um, yeah. Brian I will tell you that maybe it's you know, longer than that. I, I don't know. I'm scared to talk about free agency in a few weeks, must let the, the cap a few years um, down the line, though. I'm
2: just, to be honest, like, my final thoughts on this is, I'm just happy, like, I'm still thinking about it now. I am just so happy of what they were able to get for capping great. in. Like, I really thought, like, they were going to go out and go, like, hey, we, we want a second for him because yeah. because like teams knew that the leafs were kind of pressed against the cap and this is not a guy that, you know, he's not part of like that that main core, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, I don't know, just you know, like Pittsburgh they got what they wanted. They kind of this kind of helps with the window, I think. Like adds more depth to them. You know, defense for them is another issue. That's something I think Jim is going to still fix. But for the leafs just the fact that like they got Hollander in the trade and just recouping these assets wherever wherever it is is just a big win.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, you wanted to mention Overdrive and the guys on there had had a take about the Leafs farm system, I believe.
0: Yeah, they're talking about the farm system and how you know it's not as deep. Well, you, happens. Are, when are you like... are you watching the team on the ice or are you not? Like half more, like half the team has been developed by the Leafs. Mm-hmm. So you tell me what happens when when a team gets good, trades draft capital, and prospects move up. Like, let's figure this one out. It's quite simple.
1: They're playing. They're
0: playing. Yeah. Like it's as simple as that. They they've graduated. They're play- Yeah. I think a
2: big so. thing is just what I. This is my opinion. It's just they look at, like, you know, relative weaknesses around the team and, you know, certain pitfalls. And then they kind of look at, like, organizational depth and say, like, okay, you know, the Leafs don't have anyone to kind of fix this. And I think for me a big thing is Frederick Anderson is that they look at, like, the goalie prospects they have now. And it's a guy that, you know, in the year is going to be UFA and Anderson. And they, they feel like, oh, we don't they, – they haven't gone out and got – you know, a goalie of the future kind of thing Like, you don't, they have the Ian Scott They have the Joel Wall
0: Well, Daniel Yes, I was leading to that, that yes. up. Uh, yes, the we're,
1: we're there Before <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the James Bro, some about the other guys on the boot. Yeah. Now They always say that you be careful Drafting goalies, now there are Originally, I think like, The three of us believe that if New Jersey I believe they do have Arizona's first now Um that maybe they could looking at they could look at, sorry, drafting Yaroslav Askarov.
0: It'd be a smart He's up. a
1: clear-cut number one goalie saying people say he's better than Spencer Knight. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Daniel, you definitely want, if he can fall that far.
2: Yeah, if he can fall.
1: The Leafs getting Yaroslav Askarov.
2: Yeah, the only thing is, like, a lot of, you know, kind of simulations right now. A lot of mock drafts are saying that the Hurricanes are taking him at 13th. Because, yeah, like, uh, looking at... Their goaltending, yeah. guy, you know, Alexander Denelkovich, hasn't really become that guy I thought he was going to be for them. Um, but if he does drop, and I okay, like I actually was conflicted here. I, getting ready for this episode, I was conflicted because I'm like, if Jake Sanderson falls, he's not. Um, he's not going. Like if he, like if, but if if it has, I don't know. Like I'm like if it if they're both there somehow, or like teams for some reason, you know, load up on centers. Um yeah. or you know, like those like Swedish wingers there like Alexander Holtz. Um I, I don't know who I'd take, but I would if like Jake Sanderson's gone and I say go for the goalie if he's yeah. still there.
0: there's two guys for me. Our number one is obviously Yaroslav Askov. I think that'd be a great pickup at 50. And the second guy uh is Braden Schneider, who who looks to be like that's kind of where he was gonna be drafted. Um, and guess what? He's right-handed, and he's a defenseman, so it seems like it fits.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, also, Kyle Dubas did say that he would be open to moving the pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, why not? Or maybe he even moves back. He likes doing that. We'll see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so also, the Teenage Mutant Hurdle turn? no, Myrtle Hurdle, James Myrtle, Said that there are four names when it comes to the leafs that can probably, uh, are probably going to get moved, or you know, the four names to keep your, your name out for. Um, one that surprised me was Pierre Engvall, Alexander Kerfoot from the Tyson berry and deal, Andreas Janssen, who we talked about before, he has low value right now because he's hurt, and Frederick Anderson, who has another year left on his deal, lads. Um, I say, I say, let's serve Engball because this name really surprised me that they'd be looking to move him right away. Yeah, but is that just me or
2: buyer's remorse? I don't know. No, or contract remorse. I don't yeah,
0: know. that might that simply might be the case. I think they they might have done it. They might have signed him too early. Like you know, after the contract, the guy kind of looked invisible.
1: By that logic, should should um maybe because he's actually one of the few defensemen. But then shouldn't Justin Hall be up here? I was gonna health? say
0: that too, yeah. But, but Justin you know, Hall right he looked head. respectable in the playoffs.
1: That's true, uh, but if if you're in a situation where you should be sh- like shedding your cap space here. I think Hall would be there as well, like two million for a guy. Then you have
0: no right-handed defenseman, and you are completely changing your right side. Like I think that's much harder to do.
1: But there is no right side to begin with. I think I think the the pairing of
0: Muzzin and Hall. Yeah, like I think there's a guy who can come up potentially. I don't know, and play on the wing, on the fourth line. Assuming Freddie, uh, I'm assuming Spetsa comes back to play center or whatever, Mm. whatever the case may be. I think it was also like um, I doubt they move him. If I'm being honest, Jeff O'Neill mentioned it about on
2: Overdrive that you know Barbanov is coming. Barbanov, in. Yeah, Barbanov yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. he is coming in, and you have to make kind of space for him because he was a sign. He was like a guy you signed to expect to play right away.
0: Well, yeah, I think I think the Kapanen trade opens up a space for him, essentially. Uh,
1: Yes. Next up here, we'll talk about Andres Janssen, thing. Um, the mango, but he, yeah. he's a bruised mango right now. That's the
0: issue. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, you're selling low on the that, That's That's and, the issue, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sure
2: think it's like, like a wait and see for me. I think it's a wait and see that, you know, let him play it out. And if you're still kind of strapped or you want to make that big move, then you, you trade him at the deadline.
0: The issue here and, and I and I think maybe we could we should combine Kerfoot and Janssen because I think it, it they're so together in what the hell's gonna happen. The issue with Jansen is he's injured. Any other if Janssen wasn't hadn't been injured all year, pretty much, I would have said Jansen's your guy to go because he's a winger and I think you can kinda go out and get that if you need, or you can have someone replace him. Uh, whereas Kerfoot is like, you're going to go get a third line center from where, For how, right? I think it's a little bit harder. And I think when the issue with Kerfoot, I found all year is he got injured. He had the face injury back in November and then he came out and, and apparently he dropped some weight and it was, he found it really difficult to, to put it back on. Obviously I think he was drinking from a straw uh, similar to Brendan Gallagher now. and, but when the playoffs came, he seemed like a completely he seemed like a much better player in terms of playing that third line center role, right? So I don't think it makes sense to move Kerfoot. I could see them moving Kerfoot because they don't want to sell low on Janssen. But I think it's a dangerous move to move Kerfoot and not get something back in return that can potentially fill that role.
1: And the final one, um, I, I was surprised by Angle, but this one's really weird to me. I understand Frederick Anderson has had, whenever there is that key game in the series uh, against the Boston Bruins both times, and then, of course, Columbus, he's kind of let in those few soft goals. Though I don't know the year before he's gone why you would trade the goalie who is probably the main reason you made the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. It, it's a tough one. I don't think Frederick Anderson actually ends up getting traded. In my opinion, I don't think it happens. Just my guess is they're testing the market just to see what he is because I think they can go out there and I don't know what the goalie market is. Like you're kind of stuck at two main guys if they hit free agency and Mark Sherman and and Lenner. And then from there, what else really is out there on the starter open market?
1: We don't know yet, but a guy like Dobin could be out there.
0: But is he a star? That's the that's the one B. Like, like Hudobin's a one B type guy. Like he's going to play forty games. Do you trust Jack Campbell to play forty games? I don't know personally. No. But. I'd imagine they're just testing the market. I don't think he ends up actually getting traded. I, I think what the issue is, is you look at what they've done in the past with UFA pending UFAs in Bozak, in Van Riemsdyk, in Gardner, and not even testing the market at all, or even looking to see what they can get. And I think he's just doing his due diligence. Mm
1: -hmm. and Daniel sorry I don't even think I I was asking you there sorry buddy Um, you're thinking on on all four of these guys and the possibility of moving them
2: yeah I don't know like they've kind of mentioned it before um, on TSN about you have a lot of options with Frederick Anderson that the roster you have now you could just play out his contract and you know kind of just go for it and your redeeming piece from that is that you went for it and cap space or he signs a hometown discount.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, or the other possibility is like you look at the market, what you can actually get out of him. But you know, you don't take a step back with this, with this roster. You don't go for the the quantity package, you know, you don't go for the Casperi, captain and let's see what we can get for in terms of assets now. Um for when it comes to your goalie, when it comes to the number one guy that, you know, he plays this much for you that the same thing Alex said, I don't really trust Jack Campbell the same way that, you know, you're going to have to kind of go with Freddie.
1: Mm-hmm. What about the mango?
2: The mango. Um,
1: a great side. You mentioned concern. it
2: before. Um, Alex has actually talked to me about it before, about how I was very adamant. on going like trade the guy on <laughs> uh, just get something for him. And, you know, you, your price for that is the cap space. But like, I kind of agree with him that, you know, they signed him for a reason. He's come out through the system. A uh, solid seventh rounder, and you know if you still want to move him, you you do that. You know you showcase him. You go look; he's a competent guy. He can stay healthy. He is someone that could be an offensive threat for someone, but he's just a surplus we have at this point.
0: Yeah, and yes. But I was just gonna say, someone of significance is is gone. Whether that's um, whether that is. Janssen, Ka- uh, Kerfoot or even, I guess Nylander, like someone's on their way out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and Daniel, just to finish off with those guys, I want to ask you um, if you get rid of Janssen and an Engvall or just maybe just Janssen and you hang on to Engvall as well with that kind of incentive are we got rid of those two guys, that's about six then maybe do you hold on to Kerfoot or?
2: I think yeah, you hold on to him. You need that center you need him to kind of like balance out that bottom nine, you know. If they do bring back Jason Spezza, like he's he's gonna be a fourth line guy, like he's not gonna move up the lineup unless, like, some horrific injury or mm-hmm. something, you know, or he comes back 2006. Jason Spezza, I don't know. Um, but what I kind of expect with that is that Kerfoot stays, you know, like it's it's an okay cap pit, but I think he the fact that he can play center and he could play that two way game, like he holds so much more value than like an mm-hmm. Andreas Johnson.
1: Uh anything else we'd like to talk on the league?
2: They're no? making space for Alex Petragelo. No, I'm just kidding.
1: No oh, No, man, Anthony Stewart's been talking about that and I'm thinking, man, Johnson already said they're going to make so many in. like all the room they're clearing would be gone. And oh it's he said he wants to stay. They're gonna make it work. Um oh, that, that. that or then Cal you're gonna overpay him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, lads, I guess quickly we should definitely, it's time to get to like the biggest things around the league, a.k.a. the playoffs. Um, We'll start with um, a look at the Flyers, who got their butts kicked by the Islanders. My God, Andy Green. He's doing stuff, guys.
2: Former devil captain and great Andy Green. I remember I talked about it. I remember we're like, what the heck? He was worth a second round pick. And then I think I showed you guys that chart where like he was like fourth in the league for block shots.
1: Around here.
2: Sure.
0: I still yeah, don't think he's worth a second yeah. round pick. That's not this one it's, goal. It's, it's the, the not leadership quality. Mind. The leadership.
1: If, if they You're win the that. cup, it's like, sure. Who cares? Con Smythe, Andy Green. At, at that, that turn, the time, I was like, what are you doing here? But man, guys, the Islanders. It was – they were looking at Varlamov's goals against average, and it was just soaring up there. It's like, yo, Billy Smith, how you doing here? It was incredible. They made the point of saying there's no bossy here. Like, no one is there. And, like, I, like Barzell's wicked good. He's wicked good. Fantastic. Everly's all right. But, Billy, great playoff. Yeah. It- but, I, Billy, top guys need to show up here. Yeah. Where is your Is he missing?
2: Well, he's been missing a few times, you know,
0: throughout the playoffs.
2: Not this playoffs, but like you know, it, it's a streak. Like I know his postseason's been
0: a bit shoddy. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not looking too good for Philly. I, I think I deserve. I, I New York deserves an apology from me. I think we gave them a lot of crap. I think Adam deserves. I think we called them boring. Them, I think Adam should give them an apology too for saying they wouldn't make the playoffs. But uh, it's just my opinion. But yeah, no, like that team looks, uh, wow. That team, I mean, yeah, Daniel, Daniel said right. They're, they look boring, but they're winning. So they don't care. Like even Brian, even Brian Burke, uh, said he's like, I do not like the way they play, but they are winning. So,
1: oh, man, I wouldn't mind. It's funny that the Islanders are almost the, um, we were we talk a lot a lot of credit to Columbus for what they were able to do in their run though it is like the Islanders are kind of the um, the polished up sort of um, it's kind of like what a Porsche is to a Ferrari that like a Porsche is a poor man's Ferrari to a point and it's like the, the Islanders have all that defensive ability but man like I love Dubois but Barzell is disgusting. That guy yeah. is otherworldly. And only game one, I believe game two is at three o'clock, I want to say today. Yes. Three great games of hockey. We're back in three games. you love to see it, Finally.
0: man. Finally. Oh, my God.
1: Though I, it's almost a cliche to ask, guys, because the simple answer is um, top guys need to score here. But, I, I mean, is there anything more you need to say of how do Philly answer back against Barry Trotz and the New York Islanders? Uh,
0: I think you said it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how else to to say the top guys need to show up. Like I, I don't necessarily think. I don't think it's necessarily fair to blame Carter Hart.
3: No, no.
0: I think it's really hard to make that argument for me. Uh, but I think yeah, like those guys need to show up, and I think it's it'll be a different ball game. Like I think it'll be a it'll be a more interesting series. Like in no way, if the big boys in Philly show up, it's going to be any easier for. It's going to be totally easy for Philadelphia to get past New York, but I think it makes it a more competitive matchup.
1: By the way, Claude Giroux in these playoffs, 10 games, four assists.
0: Oof.
1: That's it. That's uh, it. From, uh, from Claude Giroux, the man who had a 100-point season not that long ago, Claude Giroux. I'll tell you one guy, though, who was, not, um, who was definitely not underperforming. Nathan McKinnon is killing it. Too bad the Islanders are – not the Islanders. Too bad the Avalanche once again are banged up. They've, um, they were up 2 nothing in game two. Dallas Storm, have you heard this before? Storm back to a massive win. Um, one of their best defensive defenseman, Eric Johnson, is hurt. Their starting goalie, Phil Grubauer, is hurt. Things are not looking good for the Avalanche right now, guys. The team I thought were going to win the cup. Down 2-0, the Dallas starting.
2: Listen. They've been in this situation before, I think. Yeah. Like they've kind of like gone through it, but man, these games, like against Dallas, like they look like a different team. What? That you know, like the goals are there, but like, just they're bleeding.
0: What was the biggest thing we talked about with the Dallas Stars when they during the regular season? What weren't they getting? Their stars? Score, they weren't getting many goals. They
2: didn't have a lot of stars
0: in two games against the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> they got ten goals. Shut
3: <laughs> up, Daniel!
1: That was so
0: sad. What did he say?
2: I'm like, they don't have. They weren't having enough stars
0: on the team. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah,
1: sorry. Go on. Now.
0: And <laughs> then it, against Calgary, they got. Uh, Five goals in a game. They got five goals in another game. They got seven goals in a game. Like I feel like they're just scoring.
2: Yeah. Miro Heiskanen. Oh, like, he's... we're gonna talk about someone who's otherworldly, he's otherworldly.
1: Hi, Hughes. Hi, McCarr. I'm here too. He should have probably gone for that. Was the that was the Heisher year, wasn't it? Yeah. Heisher,
2: yeah. Patrick Hughes. Heiskanen, Makar, he- and then Pedersen.
1: Hughes was the cocky Nemi year. I think it was Makar.
2: No, I said, yeah, Makar was fourth, and then oh. Pedersen was oh, okay. fifth.
0: I thought yeah. Hughes was that, yeah.
2: Hughes no, was... he was
1: uh, after Kotkinemi, Kachuk, and all that. He wow, was the that... Barrett-Hayden draft. Anyway, um, <laughs> he, but Heiskinen man, that whole draft is so weird that the top five just completely rearrange it. But yeah, in is uh, how – it's amazing. I understand now every time people are talking about the best young defenseman, the Starry fans are like – Hey, we're here. He's pretty. He is otherworldly. This is really such a great showcase for him, because people are. I I will understand now, why people are saying Norris Trophy. Why is high school not in this? He's such a massive part of the Dallas. He's really overshadowing uh, John Klingberg in ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That is saying something.
0: Yeah, because John Klingberg. <laughs> Sorry, John Klingberg was the was the guy. Yeah. He's a
1: Swedish defenseman. That's how we yeah.
0: need. <laughs> yeah. We we'll
2: always we'll kind of forget too, like how deep Dallas is. Like you know, with quality defensemen like they also have Essa Lindell, right there. Yeah. Um, I can't. Oh no, Stephen Johns is not playing right now.
0: No, he's uh, unfit to play.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, Jamie Olesiak, for someone who was, like, a defensive defenseman, he's been someone that's kind of, like, shown up. You know, his foot speed's gone a lot better since... uh, You remember when he was traded to Pittsburgh for fourth-round pick, and then he was traded back to Dallas for that exact same fourth-round pick?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: The only thing I know about Jamie Olesiak is his sister is, like, super famous, and he's just the other one.
2: Plus, he's a real junior alumni, 2011.
1: Do you just have this ready or is it just all
2: stuck? In I don't know. It just okay, exactly so, it like, so okay, like, exactly we, we've never what what addressed this, but I don't know. Once a guy's on the road, he's like, he's forever a favorite of mine. Oh, really? Yes.
0: No way.
1: Um, so, you know, what, guys, we will talk about quickly here um, with Dallas and that is it's the opposite of the Philly. Um, the Dallas stars, key players have shown up at the start of the series. Sagan, Wicked, Ben, Wicked, Gradulov. Goddamn, I wish he was still a hat. He did fantastic work. I believe has scored as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it is, man. Like I, 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 think that, I, I think that's what it is. That what they weren't getting during the regular season, they are getting now, and that's what gave well, that's what gave them the edge over Calgary because I think Daniel and I had talked about it. the The thing with Calgary and Dallas is that during the regular season They both had their issues
3: mm-hmm. And
0: Calgary still had their issues Against Dallas And Dallas didn't have their Issues like they had a bit of Spotty goaltending But But their, their stars woke up and, Sorry I keep saying it <laughs> now, now it's in my head Right so and the moment Their momentum from the first round Is continuing into the second
1: Mm-hmm. Um, momentum is a funny thing. You thought maybe Vegas, after just trampling Vancouver in Game 1, would come into Game 2 maybe doing the same thing. But the Canucks, Quinn Hughes,
2: Never leading say the never. Way. Hmm? Never say never.
1: No. Uh, well, it helps when Tyler Toffoli is back. That really helps. Even though they were trying to hide his sticks for a warm-up, that was so, so funny. Though so they come back last night, a massive win. And it's always funny to me when, after a game, more specifically Game One, the story is not poking the bear of Ryan Reeves and not the fact he just got killed five nothing. But though, or shall we talk about that Antoine Roussel got a, a, a what was it? Yeah, what, what was that? That's for such hugging? a dumb call.
2: Why? why Apparently, what? like it's he's trying to play the psychological game. I think uh, who was it? It was like Dave Amber who talked about it, where it's like you know, like you know, you that's I mean, I'm not saying um Antoine Roussel, you're a guy that. You know, we we know what you're doing, but, you know, you're not like this is not going to go well
0: for you. But I'm so confused. Like, what did he get the 10 minute misconduct for? He
1: just it looked like from hugging Reeves and saying something. Because
2: it's like you're saying something and it was just kind of like push the guy to take a penalty. But like he himself took the penalty.
0: That's such a dumb thing. Yeah,
1: Marshan didn't. Mar- Marshan didn't even get a penalty for licking someone.
0: Marshan licked Komarov and Ryan Callahan in the yeah. same playoff, and nothing
1: happened. Did he even get a fine?
0: No, no, they they called they called. Uh, who's the who's the general manager of Sweeney? Sweeney? Don Sweeney. They called Don Sweeney and said. Hi, Mr. Sweeney. Can you tell your player, Brad Marchand, to stop licking people? That's maybe, what happens.
1: Maybe we can – we'll get to the Bruins and how they just know how to play playoff hockey perfectly. Um, I, it's so weird with Ryan Reeves. I don't understand okay. how he – like Roussel's I – I already don't like Antoine Roussel because he complained about the amount of non-Vancouver fans at Canucks games. <laughs> Five <laughs> more tickets, idiot, and then he turned over a goal. It was hilarious, like, dude. Shut up. What are you trying to do? You're not a factor in this series.
0: I mean, he's just trying to poke at the bear. Someone's got to tame, someone's got to deal with Ryan Reeves.
1: <laughs> Ryan Reeves can't do it. he's not gonna score a goal.
0: No, but no, no, but that's not it. It's the same thing with Tom Wilson. You have to have someone to deal with Tom Wilson. And if you don't have someone to deal with Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson will run over everybody. And that's. And I'm not saying Antoine Roussel is going to do a good job at at taming Ryan Reeves, but at least someone's trying.
2: It was unfortunate because of the injury, but, you know, like, wouldn't Michael Ferland kind of be that kind of guy for Vancouver?
0: Yeah. That
1: is true. But, like, at the same time here guys um, i get what you're saying but tom wilson can score you want to know how many goals ryan reeves has had how many playoff goals do you think that ryan reeves has scored
2: guys seven. he's like f- played four, maybe five i'll say 7
1: 3 Okay, I was Yes, seven points in, in sixty-three but playoffs. But that's
0: not the, that's not the point I'm making. It's not that he can score. It's that Ryan Reeves will run over every single player, and if you don't do anything about it, he's going to continue. And we know that the officiating is horse horse poop. We know that. So if Ryan Reeves run, the the issue is is I think if Ryan Reeves runs over Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, and no one does anything about it, we're having a completely different conversation. That's what the issue is. We're right. Like I think we're having a completely different conversation. If uh, Ryan Reeves murders murders Quinn Hughes along the boards, we're having a completely different conversation.
2: You think the Canucks are like lacking that bite? No,
1: they're young and inexperienced. They haven't played playoff hockey. Ryan no. Reeves is nothing here. He didn't d- even I play disagree. all the games in the finals. The guy gets scratched. He's not even – I don't know No, I that. understand
0: that. I disagree, though, because <laughs> he is playing.
1: Yeah, but he's, the, the Canucks aren't going to lose. No, no, I, I, I Remember, Jim
2: Rutherford spent the first-round pick on Ryan Reeves
1: they didn't win any of the Cups or Green. They traded him a year later. They traded Not like, even a half, they like half the, the season the deadline.
2: in the famous Derek Broussard trade. I,
1: I don't know what to say. I don't know what to what – to, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, but it was something – maybe there is something to say there. Because for the first time, Courtney Hughes was like visibly like down on himself after game one. But, man, if there is anything that you can take away as a Canucks fan, is the response from that team, they could have folded in, but in game two, they brought it. A lot of and resilience, then, yeah. T- tweet of the week goes through the picture of Robin Leonard of a sword through his back that said, defense on the <laughs> shaft of the way. <laughs> That's not
2: going to go away for a while.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, um, who was the defenseman they got from L.A. at the deadline? Uh, um, Martinez. Alex Martinez. Yeah, Martinez is doing them really good right now.
2: That was an excellent pickup for the price as well. Was it two second, seconds? It was like a second. Was it two seconds? It feels like two seconds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and they have him for an extra year. Yeah, but that's 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 great.
1: Leave poor Robin Leonard out to dry. That panda. I
0: like,
2: know. Where was Shea Theodore in all of this?
1: Does Mark Andre Fleury get the start in Game Three?
0: No. I mean, he probably will, but no. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. You heard it here first, lads. You heard it here first um next series it's the last one unfortunately man is it me or is it by the time we get to the second round even in the normal circumstance it just feels so empty i i, I miss a yeah it's
2: time. i like a lot of teams where it's like
0: when there's okay. like five games a day and that, that keeps yeah but you know right hockey is here
2: like i'm just gonna appreciate whatever
0: you're I'll very,
1: you're a very thankful
0: person. Well, there's other sports, yeah. I guess, going on too during the day. I think basketball still yeah. pretty played much. Baseball playing the- right now.
1: Shout yeah, out yeah. to the Raptors. Um, who did they
0: sweep? Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn. Super fan
0: Adam over here.
1: I tried. I know that. Um, <laughs> Russell, Russell right Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Russell Russell. Where-
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. I
1: can't. No, no, you need to understand. I had a speech dependent when I was a kid. I think hey. like, like ours are very oh, different. I, all right, all lots
0: right. of people have trouble with that name.
1: Russell Westbrook
0: was yes. hurt,
1: And that team lost a big game, is all I know. At one time. You got to go for the
2: Raptors, though. Chris Boucher's from Montreal. Chris Boucher. Oh,
1: sweet. Chris Boucher, friend of the show. Yes. I feel like there's like 16 Chris Boucher's in the world.
0: Brian Boucher.
1: very there, There's so many Boucher. Anyway. Brian uh,
0: Boucher. Okay, dude. I, I see you. I see you there.
1: It's a 1-1 series, which we – Honestly, even with the reseeding because of how stacked the Atlantic division is right now, we have a series that should probably be the conference final. Tampa and Boston. And I will never get sick of watching the Bruins. Um, the good
2: guys versus the bad guys. Wait, who's the – but Tampa's the good guys. Uh,
1: Are they? Yes. Um, one thing I, re- I yes. want to ask you guys first off, uh, A big thank God Tampa lost, because otherwise I think John Cooper was going to eat Braden Point alive. Um, one of Tampa's goals got called back because of an offside, where Braden Point oh, yeah. wouldn't hurry up and get off the, and I talked about this with the Landis uh, stuff last week. <laughs> get off the ice. Like, no. pick it up. Because if Braden Point had like, Got out of first gear there. That's a goal. Like, yeah. so
0: remove I mean, offsides. Remove offsides.
1: Like it's a stupid challenge. Like it's just such a stupid challenge. But still, just just pick it up a bit because no, it's so no. difficult remove to try. Off.
0: No, remove offsides. Remove offsides,
1: uh, but but anyway, what are you guys making of this series so far?
0: I really enjoy
2: it. Yeah, I think Tampa's a lot more balanced now than they were last year. Um, I think. I cannot remember if it was John Cooper who said it, that when they got Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman at the deadline, they're like, you know, we have to get some guys that, you know, they have some dirt under their fingernails. It's kind of a weird quote, but, you know, it makes sense. You know, it balances out the team, like the skill and that grit that they Mm -hmm. were. I think that grit they really needed
0: for this
2: this playoff hockey.
0: This is definitely going to be a very interesting series. I, I really do think that. It it's gonna I'd expect it to go to seven games and I don't think it's gonna be there's not gonna be many blowouts. Like I don't think it's gonna be like the Canucks goal on Nights where one night we're gonna no. see one team winning five nothing and then next night we'll see the next team winning five nothing. I think it's like just the first two games alone. The first one was three to two Bruins, last night was four to three Tampa. I think it's gonna be a close series. I think both teams are really good.
2: It's just like organi organizational balance against each other. like yeah. Two teams that have been able to kind of just tailor their guys to their style of play like, and I so think, well.
0: And I think Tampa's continuing that momentum they had from the Columbus series because I think if if that series went longer like they would have been more tired. Like It's not like yeah. it was that that one was easy for them but I think that they got done in five games and the, end, the second round started earlier than expected. I think they still have that momentum, fresh momentum.
1: Technically, they did start a game seven because of the five overtime stuff. Mm. Technically. But, yeah, I'm okay. sure five okay. periods against a team, you're like, can yeah. we just get this over with? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. for
2: them, it's like the fact that they beat Columbus this year, it's like nothing can stop them now mentality.
0: They slayed the dragon. Yeah.
1: And? And? Let's not forget, they don't even have Stamkos yet. Yeah.
0: I thought he was coming back. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. He's on my fantasy team because I was told he's coming back round one.
1: It's Stamkos. He's he's legitimately a broken violin.
0: Well, my understanding was he had a sports hernia. Then he was going to rehab it. Damn. And then he's still rehabbing the sports hernia. I'm so disappointed. Now I'm one man down on my team.
1: Yes, Steven. Get over your hernia, you
0: loser. <laughs> no, I understand. Oh, it's my definitely painful. <laughs> How talking- bad
1: was that blood clot? You <laughs> that broken
0: I was, leg. I was tell- I was talking to someone last night, I go, that guy's gonna need what what do they do? They they freeze your leg. You know they, they um what the hell's it called? They freeze your arm. You know when you have like a broken arm and you still play in the playoffs?
1: Oh, like a, yeah, they give you the shot of whatever. Yeah. The
0: cort—is it the cortisone shot, or am I thinking that something else? That sounds of? right. It sounds right. And then you got like an IV, IV drip just right into the nerves of your leg.
1: Oh, that sounds—that sounds terrible. After um,
0: every period.
1: Yeah. Oh, huh. um, oh god! Yeah, it's like when Kadri got got uh, Ovechkin. He had to get them shot. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. That's
0: gross. Yeah.
1: Well, though, lads, we got some more little bits of news here. And Daniel, take it away. I saw you put some stuff about the Panthers. you love
2: to see it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they're actively searching for a new GM. You know, we've talked about it before. Kevin Weeks, Bill Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Two guys that, you know, strong candidates. You know, Kevin Weeks, I don't know, such a nice guy. Uh, (laughs) Is he? Yeah, you love love seeing him when he uh, gives his analysis on CBC before. And... I don't know, like, he's been a guy, like, you know, he's been a long time guy. He was drafted by the Panthers. He's been around the league, like, looking back on his stats that, like, I remember him growing up, but like, I remember he was like a backup goalie, but man, I forgot how many teams he was on. And I think like, you know, he's a good hockey mind. He has good analysis, but I don't know, like for the Panthers here, like it's feels like there's a bit of structure. To that management approach, than we haven't seen before. Like you know, finally moving on from Dale Talon after like ten years,
3: mm-hmm.
2: ten, like or eleven years if like you count the fact that he wasn't with the with the Blackhawks in two thousand and nine. Um,
1: yeah, that they fired him like upstairs and then brought him back.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's 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 time. The Panthers have been able to kind of get a good core going. They've drafted okay. And now it's time to be like, we need stability. And if they're going to commit to one of these guys,
0: like I think they have to this summer. It was time mm-hmm. last year. It was time last year to yeah. get rid of this guy.
1: Um, I believe, and that came off a report from Elliot Friedman. God, I love him on uh, headlines. Friend of the, of the show, Elliot. Friend of the show, Elliot. Elliot, get your big, Elliot. i love to work on the old stuff. Uh, I believe also on the 31 Thoughts episode, I want to say last week or a week before, I wonder how long they're going to take on the search. I'm pretty sure the name Mike Food was also thrown around. They have to get this higher rate. They They really really do. And I believe Armstrong is he's the assistant in St. Louis, so I don't know if he's actually Doug's brother, but I mean, that's a fair assumption. to make. I believe he has one NHL game experience too. Because of course, that's the requirement to be a GM. You gotta play some hockey.
2: This is the thing with like I find with, like, the Panthers is that, like, they're spoiled with what they have. Who spoil The Panthers. Like, they're What two, are they spoiled with? Subpar like, Joel Quenville. Con-
0: subpar contracts? Joel
2: Quenville. Barkoff. Oh, okay. Hubert okay. <laughs> There we go. I don't, like... <laughs> I still, like... I believe in Aaron Ekblad.
1: Yeah, I do, too. He just... Um, kind of like the Morgan Riley effect of, can we get him a partner? Partner, please? Is that yeah. so hard to ask? They're like Mackenzie
0: Apparen- Weaver. Apparently...
1: Yes. Huh?
0: Sorry, I'm just making sure that they're not related here. Oh okay. no, no, they are—they are not related. Oh, okay,
1: not—they just wow. like the Armstrongs.
0: Yeah, the Armstrong <laughs> yeah. gets
1: eaten, <laughs> yeah. passed down the Armstrong line. Yeah. <laughs> if you got that reference, you're my favorite type of people, my Full Metal Alchemist fans out there. It's a terrible day for rain. This anime got taken now. I was pretty upset about that. You guys don't know what that is. Yeah, anyway!
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we know what it is. I don't.
1: It's an anime site. It's a free streaming site. kind oh, of okay. believe. Now
2: we just have to get like, Crunchyroll.
1: No! 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 I'm not supporting Crunchyroll.
0: Get me my dub. I don't mean, want
1: subs. I
0: you, mean, punch. you mean the 20% more crunchy Kit Kat that Breadbird's no, like. No. <laughs> no. I did
1: Come have one. I love Dr. Man, I'm getting really sick of these same commercials, especially the stupid... Uh, what, what is it? The Lays chip Pepsi one down. I miss Mark
2: Messier in the Lays commercials. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that. I miss Mark Messier.
1: I'm, I don't care about Mark Messier. What?
2: Those well, are I'm
1: fun. i am never going to see him play? Great Gretzky was great. I know that. Don't care.
2: I saw Mark Messier wow. play for like one season.
1: <laughs> really?
2: Yeah. Because he played until he was like 43. You are old. Oh. I am old. Well, I mean, like, I was a kid. You guys were born, too. Like, it was, like, 2006, I think, was, this, like, the last season or something. Or
0: 2005. I, or. Was, uh, I don't remember anything. I wasn't into hockey back then. Oh, okay. Was a okay. little okay. too young for that one.
1: Yeah. yeah, six and seven, I was more concerned with toy dump trucks and Pokemon.
2: Yeah. I was like, raising my family. Bob you the know. Builder. <laughs> your I had kid. my fourth kid by <laughs>
1: All right, lads. Um, This is a little tweet from the man, the myth, the legend, John Shannon. Shannon. I like John. Do you guys like John Shannon? I I love
0: John Shannon.
1: Um, Hearing the NHL and PA have had preliminary yeah, I get, I got this. Don't (laughs) worry. Have had preliminary talks about next season. One proposal is to create a four bubble cities and rotating all thirty-one teams in those venues in eight game increments. at present, there is no indication if all the cities would be in Canada, but makes the most sense because the states still suck. Fuck. I'm not.
0: I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to brag about it, but I did have this thought a couple of weeks ago. In gonna... doing. Part of yeah, <laughs> no. I, I think it's an interesting. I, I definitely think to the two bubble system isn't really going to work when it comes to having the 31 teams.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's just going to be a little hard to do the... Um, like, unless you're in a city like Toronto where you have three... Like, you you have a four sheets of ice, right? You have the three sheets at the practice facility and one in the Scotiabank Arena. Oh, and even Coca-Cola Coliseum. Well, no, I guess HL has to use that. But I, I think there's definitely... Ways to do the four bubble system, where you have the teams they play against each other, rot and then it kind of rotates, and then you have maybe like two week inc- you have two weeks off, then you start again or something like that, so that they get to see their family, then they get can go back to the bubble and it kind of switches like that. I think it's an interesting concept.
2: Daniel, yeah, I think like it's it's worked. What I've been talking about like with these things is just that I think you can keep going with it that i think the NHL is at a position now where i think that they they are the example that everyone should follow yes that i mean like the nba's done a good job with it as well too but like i think like the fact that they haven't had reports of guys you know going out for mcdonald's yes. <laughs> or they haven't yeah. had all these things where like you know like the patrick beverly stuff like that stuff on that leak that that was kind of just you know not good content to see but yeah. it's just the fact that, like, these guys are dialed in that, you know, they continually have – continue to, get, to tell us that, hey, guys, we have zero cases, and these are the amount of times we're doing these cases. Like, they're very stringent on what they've been showing. So, like, you know, if this keeps going, then I'm all for it. You know, I've gotten over the fact that there's no fans. I don't I, even notice. Yeah. Like, I'm i am just – again, op, the optimist in me. I'm just happy hockey's back.
1: I wonder, though – one question if you're doing this sort of bubble stuff and you're gonna to have to give like the 14 oh wait no never mind they're not doing that sorry um can you do 82 games like that uh, surely not i know they want to but that seems like a very tall order to me unless I mean, you're
0: just
1: cramming the schedule together but then that's, that's kind of more injuries
0: i wouldn't be surprised if that's the case but then I mean, that's you why learn. you have to yeah. give the time in between switching bubbles. That gives the guys time to rest and be with their family. Like, that's the thing. And then it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah, the um, there, yeah. definitely complicated. I, I think this is what, I, I think what's going to end up happening, in my opinion, I think that the NHL is going to watch closely at what uh, the MLB continues to do. And they're going to watch extremely closely at how the NFL handles it. Because the, let's remember the NFL starting soon and they're taking a, a, a similar approach to the MLB. Now I don't know what their testing regimen is and I haven't really looked at it, but I believe it is similar to what the MLB is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they're going to watch closely. And then I think, you know, the, the NBA was wanted to start around the uh, same time the NHL did their new season, around the December 1st mark. I, I can't see that being the case with the NHL either. Like, I don't think you're starting December 1st. Like, you're going to end at the beginning of October. There's not enough
2: time, I think. I, I, yeah.
0: It just seems like a an odd, an odd thing. Like, I think, yeah, you know what? It sucks that eight teams haven't played for seven months. But I think what ends up happening is I think maybe they'll start closer to January, depending on what the situation is with the vaccine and what point we're at with different countries in terms of their handling of the virus.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts, gentlemen?
2: No,
0: dude, I, like,
2: I like analysis. Like January would be a good spot. Just, I don't know, again, we believe in progress that things will get better soon, that – we could meet at a Tim Hortons again, you comfortably, guys.
1: Yeah. We could get our hockey cards without, without
2: going to, hey, did you get your sanitizer?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only remember the last time I saw you guys in person. It's been a while.
2: Uh, March.
1: March? Oh, damn it. All right, uh, last bit of news here. The Habs have been doing their end-of-season um, conferences. First of all, Claude Julien looks like he's really good, confirms he'll be back next season. you love to see it. Uh, love you, Claude. Um, before we get to Phil Deneau, Jeff Petrie was just talking to the media, and he's talking about how um, it's weird to think Petrie's been here for five seasons. He said he's loved it, um, that he would you know definitely consider coming back. He just needs to sort out a fair contract along with his kids who are by the way Jeff Petrie has three kids, and um, they're starting school, so that's going to be a big thing to keep an eye out for um, because, and we we argue this a lot. Um, Trading Thomas, it's our fine, but the problem with trading Jeff Petrie, you can't replace defenseman that easily. He's right-handed, and guys like Fleury and that are not ready for that role. Um, but the main story here, guys, I want to talk about is Philip Deneau. Um, Philip Deneau, over the past few seasons, right as he signed that contract where he makes $3.5 million, Has really emerged as a player. Um, offensively, can get you 40, maybe 50 points if he's really good. But his defensive ability and the fact that he's a hometown kid is really what's made Philip Deneau a great part of this team. Um, but the problem here, and it's a good problem to have if you are the Montreal Canadiens, is, of course, during this playoff, um, Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kotkaniemi really turned on and showed what they could do with centermen. And as a result of that, Philip Deneau, after, you know, some – offensive struggles was put down to the third line with Paul Byron, and are truly like a fantastic line. But Philip Deneau isn't quite happy with the idea of being a third line center. Um, in fact, talking to the media, this is with Mike Antoine Godin of the Athletics said, I saw my role change in the playoffs but with that. I have proven my role should not change in Montreal. And he was asked, will your role with the team also have an influence on your decision to stay with Montreal and Philip Deneau said, yes, it would. Um, your guys' thoughts on this situation? Because uh, this is not what you'd really expect to hear from a player. Normally, it's, we'll find a way to figure it out, da-ba-da-ba-da. Da, da. But Phil, uh, Phil has not been that, uh, that conservative, we'll say, with things.
0: I have a question more for you. Yes. Because I think, like, players can go on hot streaks, right? And, and- yes. And in no way am I saying is both Kardyniemi and Suzuki going to dip so far. I think both, obviously, like there's no question about it. They're going to be NHLers next year. But is it going to get to a point where Phil Deneau is going to be your full-time third-line center to start the year? Like I, I don't see if that necessarily makes sense. Like if the if he's not happy in Montreal and asks for a trade, okay, I understand. Like that's one thing. Obviously, he does that. If he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. But I don't think you trade him just to trade him because. Then what happens if Suzuki and Kakinami aren't ready for a top? One of them aren't ready for a top six role. Then what happens? Now you're stuck having who in the top six, and possibly trading Max Domi.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think really Phil. I don't see them trading him right off the bat. No, that's not their style. Um, And I think it's fair to say that even when Claude Julien was still, you know, healthy and doing his thing, he had Phil on that top line. Um, It was the most consistent line this season, with him and Denaro and Tatar at the top of the lineup. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see a way that Kakinemi and that are for sure going to get that role. Um, And and I've talked about before, like, if there isn't – like, like, Domi's been the odd man out. Not to know.
0: Um, No, I understand that.
1: Yeah, like – Yeah, he's going to be in the top six to start the year. And I mean, it's going to be up to Phil to know, like, to prove that he should be there. I mean, the guy talks about this. His career high is 13 goals. Yeah. That's just unfortunately not good enough to be a top six center in this league.
2: Okay, this is my kind of take on these things is that I think the Canadians have that momentum, like, you know, Jeff Pichi wanting to come back despite he's like 32, 33. And he's been really consistent as he's aged. Um, this is a team that, you know, they're going to try to make the most of Carey Price's prime. Shea Weber's <laughs> advancing age. And personally, like, you can't have a first-line center like Phil Donnell if you want to be a contender. Yeah. Um, I see him as, like, you know, he'll get paid to do what he needs to do to be, like, a selkie type of guy. But it's like a Jordan Stahl kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't expect Jordan Stahl to be the top center on the Hurricanes anymore. And yeah. It's just like it's a piece that, yeah, he'll be there if he wants to win, like if you want to win, but at the same time, too, like you can't win if he's the focal point as your center. And I agree with what Alex said that, but you still keep him now because you don't know. How the young guys, whether or not they're gonna fluctuate in their it, production. Is
0: this contract up at the end of next year? Is that yeah. what it is? Like, yeah, like I, you, uh, in my opinion, you most definitely start the season with Phil Deneau. I don't think you trade him in the off because I don't think that makes that makes sense. Because I don't think it, he will no. Because you ha- like you know, Kadkinami and Suzuki are going to be NHL players, but are they going to be ta- are they going to be ready for a top 6 role like yes we saw it in the playoffs but that was that was over a, a smaller sample size like what's that going to be like in the regular season right that's over uh, over some type of momentum like what happens when when they start from scratch
3: mm.
0: right then when you test to see if those guys are ready then and Phil Deneau still doesn't like being the third line center then I maybe look at trading him because if he's not going to resign, I think for a team like Montreal, who's doing that weird, weirdish, I guess, retool, but they're still good. I I do think you try to get assets for someone like Deno.
2: Yeah. I think it depends on, sorry, it depends on where they are at the deadline. Like I could see if Montreal says, you know, we want to make moves and, you know, they come out, come out of the gate. Being a playoff team, I personally would keep Peltonen for like the playoff run, if there is going to be a run,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and talk to him in the in the off season, like, "Hey, you found the success on the role that we were give, we gave you, and you know we had a pretty good pretty good run. Like, what do you want? Because I don't see I other teams giving him a lot of money.
0: Yeah, so, I guess my my standpoint on it is I look at what the Blues did with um, Paul Statsny and trade him and still go." make it to the playoffs and then, and i sit there and say okay like they're in a different situation than than montreal then they were in a different situation than montreal is now and they still traded for assets like is that i just see something that's that could benefit montreal i don't know just a thought
1: you could get i think a good a good if a got like pacho got what he did I mean, he, Deneau, regardless, is, yeah, if you, like, Stahl is a great center to have behind a guy like Sebastian Ajo. If you could have Deneau behind someone, I think you could get a good amount for him. Now, at the end of the day, I would prefer them to keep a guy like Deneau. Like, he said before he wants to win with the house. Well, of course, the guy is from Quebec. Like, that means something, right? Though, yeah. so if the guy doesn't want to accept the role, then... Then you can leave. We don't want you here. I, yeah. it's, it was a little disappointing to see him say, "I don't like." I'm sorry, dude, but if they outperform you, then I mean, both Kockiemi and that were most of Montreal's goal scorers in that round. Yeah. And Phil, Phil, just he's got to pick it up. I love you, Phil, but
2: he's not uh, young. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's, it's like a wait and yeah, it's he's like a wait and see kind of thing. It's like you get what you get with him.
0: Yeah, like this and, is his prime. Yes.
2: Right. Like it's no longer it's like it's the gray stars now on the uh the potential.
1: Hey, regardless if they lose Phil and they can turn around the assets for him, it was still a great move when they got him.
2: Yeah, that was a fleecing of Blackhawks.
1: They got the Romanov deal, yeah. It was hey
2: And they got back Dale Weiss. I can't believe that. That, that made me laugh.
1: Yeah, that was weird. So they gave up like Fleischman for everything.
0: Is weird. Dale Weese the the Dutch Greg Seat? Is that someone yeah. else? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think we should really address this because I don't think we've talked about it a whole lot. And it's Montreal related. Mm-hmm. What what you what are you doing with Max Domi here? Uh,
1: yeah, I uh, man. I think he's lost out a spot on this team. I really cause the guy decided to be a total passive aggressive park. And he, he did not follow the Habs on social media like Matt Murray did. And in this day and age that means something because we're pathetic as a society. But he, he took everything has related out of his social media stuff. So like and he knows what he's doing. Like Max is not an idiot. Like the guy knows what he's doing.
0: Well, yeah, welcome to Gen Z. Yeah,
1: great, fantastic. Did Love you see
0: it. did you see they tried the there were Habs fans trying to start something with Ryan Paling? Really? I'm not sure if you saw that. To get him playing? No. So what happened was is so Max Domi removed it from from his bio. Then everyone's like, "Oh, Ryan Paling doesn't have in his bio." So they all thought Ryan Paling took it out too. But apparently, Ryan Paling just never had it to start with. That's oh, what I. Okay. That's what I read online.
1: Well, remember Ma- Ma- when Ryan Paling got drafted? He's like, "I'm so proud to be drafted by the Toronto Montreal Canadiens." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. like. Man, I mean, yeah, I mean, we had the discussion about paling. He wasn't good enough. Yeah, the Habs trusted who dog more than him. he wasn't good enough. Sorry, dude. Yeah.
3: yeah,
1: and I mean, like, the problem is, is if if the young guys to start the year, you're gonna have to know Kokiemi and Suzuki as your centerman. Jake Evans was getting trusted. Like, I'm, like, guys, I know I I go on about this guy, but like Jake Evans is already an effective defensive like penalty killer in the NHL. It's ridiculous. Like, Max, at this point, I mean, you're gone, dude. You talk about Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, Samuel Poulain, he's French. Come here. You get that, Max. or you oh, man, the that's
2: – I don't oh. know. I just – I mean, I, that, that makes sense. I think I, teams,
1: that I, It make, really that makes, makes sense?
0: sense? Makes sense. I, don't yeah, because, I don't think so. Man, I, I,
1: the defense isn't the problem anymore. They need a goal scorer. Nope. If you're gonna do Domi, then package him. Pittsburgh and can't and keep him. their prospects
2: for more than a year. So you know, they <laughs> This <fight>.
0: is <laughs> true. I don't see why they, why Pittsburgh would like after getting Capitan. I don't think they have any need for another forward on that team.
2: It's apparently they don't trust Jared McCann as like a third line center. Nor should you. Yeah. So and then like, they have Nick Boosted, So like it's like these two guys that they got that are, like. We don't trust either of them
1: Friedman mentioned it About Domi there So there has to be When there's smoke There's fire We'll see Yeah but that was Is
2: Before it what, they for traded what? for Nick Cap for what? Max Domi hmm?
0: Stop Nick it Nick for get Adam Max upset. Domi Stop it Stop You get
2: size You get a Solid two-way score guy
1: Man, I don't care. Just get University something boy. There. No, the trade's not happening without Poulain, I guarantee you. Okay. And by the way, if people I, get upset about the French thing, you have no right to be because the Habs have not been all French players. They stopped it. It hasn't been like get French guy. It's been Swedes and fit It's amazing how well, no, many no, Europeans no. are drafting. Th- that, I know, that,
2: like they're captains too. It's only been like Weber has been like that's the, not the, wild, the lonely Canadian.
1: Weber, yeah. Byron, and Gallagher. I, I understand. Ottawa, BC, I understand.
0: BC. I understand management, but I see loads of fans begging for more French, for more French players. They say, like, they're okay. Big
1: thing in Quebec, yeah.
0: I, I imagine it's a big thing in Quebec.
1: And I, I get I, the, uh, the coach thing. Like, thank God there's a few good French coaches. I, I, I get worried complaining about like, when it's the Claude Julien stuff and he has a heart attack and you're like, you feel the need to? I'm like, I get it, but that's dumb. But I don't like complaining about the French thing because like Quebec is another world, and I don't feel like I or any of us really understand what it means without like being Québécois and like really like getting the roots of the team. Oh, is it kind of? But-
0: Lots of people from Quebec. At first, they were real pains in my ass because they just weren't nice to me. I'm like, okay. Like, How could they not I'm be fine. nice to Alex? I'm like, okay, fine. I'm wearing my leaf shirt. I didn't make a comment about Montreal. I didn't say a single thing, but okay. I'll take These it. Fans do it too? Yeah. Oh, they absolutely do too. That's why I'm like, okay, I'll take it. But then I went back. I went two years ago, three years ago, and they're really nice. Hmm. Yeah so I
1: like Quebec So Good some place. people
0: In there Some people there are nice
1: well, Lots of people I love Quebec
0: Yeah oh, so It's very nice
1: Look at the city hopefully. Beautiful I don't know If that really I saw away. your cl- I saw
0: the door Yeah there we go Very
2: nice
0: I see the panda Yeah Native to
2: the To uh, Quebec What? It's a whole different world
1: it, it is! It, you yes. can see the big You see pandas. And you're Quebec. like, oh,
2: no problem. Pandas are Canada.
1: Yeah, why well, not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there isn't. It's weird. No, but hey, that's so weird. Like, Jeanette Renault is the biggest thing here. And then if you go to Ontario, you don't know who that is.
0: No, I don't know who that is.
1: Exactly. It's the weirdest place in Quebec. They don't care. I love it. That's why I love this place. Maybe anyway, it's
2: lunchtime, but I don't know. I just keep thinking about poutine now.
1: Poutine, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Alright, um I think that's everything. Mike has been sending so many freaking messages over the show. Going, we've
2: been going to no card. First. Yeah, we got him. Yeah.
1: Can't, can't wait to see the twenty we should have had him for it today. No, because then we would have been like so late. I think
2: he's now. working.
1: Is he? Why is he texting us?
2: Good. Mike, if you hear this, Lots are you working? Work.
1: I can't wait to see how many text messages I have on my phone now. All right. He said wow. he had a
0: hot take. I'm still waiting to hear it.
1: Oh great. All right. Well, lads, um good episode. We'll, um, we'll see everyone on Sunday. And we, yeah. we will talk about the Belgian Grand Prix. We're in Spa.
0: And we're going to have our bingo thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: hint, hint. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Don't, f- do not get on me. Ab- Where's your Lego Batmobile, Daniel?
2: It's somewhere, you know. It, this, it has nothing to do with the theme of the show today. I can't show it today. So I'll show it Sunday.
1: So it's, is it done?
2: in in feature land. oh my god <laughs> okay Okay. I just
1: want to point out that you've been working on that 3,000 piece Death Star for how long?
2: I don't know did I buy it again since May? <laughs>
1: okay I got, a, I got the Death Star which is 4,000 pieces yeah but you're oh, an expert about-
2: builder I'm oh, no, no, like no. on okay. the Lego website where are like the novice guy I'm like the novice one
1: and I built that 4,000 piece in about two weeks and I was moving while I was working on it so you, you know I, I was moving too you know what's funny? Oh, I went to Ikea and I was building chairs, and my mom's like, I'm so sick of this. You do? And I'm like, What the hell? She's like, You do Lego? I'm like, That's not the same.
2: <laughs> no, Lego isn't. builds
1: like, life it lessons. Is. It yeah. is. All right, that's everything, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. You guys can
0: do the end thing. My voice hurts. I don't want to do it. Uh, Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Two On One Podcast. Uh, make sure to check out the YouTube page if you're not already watching this on YouTube. Uh, check out the Instagram and Facebook page all down the description below. Um, check out... what My
1: else? YouTube channel. Check
0: out Adam's YouTube channel, Killer Videos. Thank you.
1: Um,
0: and, oh, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Apple or Spotify or wherever you can give a review, make sure you subscribe, make sure you give us five stars, make sure you leave a review. We'd love to hear from the fans and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday.
3: Bye.